Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. They don't know anything about SEO, pay-per-click, social media marketing, and they're making 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 grand a month on Amazon. Your attention, please. Please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon private label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show, AMPM podcast. As a matter of fact, I've had this lingering headache all day, and I took some pills to take care of that. And while I was wiping out that headache, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. So speaking of wiping out headaches and taking pills, today's interview is about supplements. And we've got a guest on that's gonna be talking about how he's crushing it in the supplement industry on Amazon. So without further ado, guys, let's get right into it. Hello, everybody. I am here with Peter Humlecker. He is an Amazon seller since September of 2015 and manufactures his own line of supplements. And he's been developing his own supplements for a while. And he's actually manufacturing and shipping to different countries. Peter comes from the internet marketing world and he's transferred those skills to PPC and SEO onto the Amazon platform. Peter, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm happy to be here, man. Glad you uh, asked me. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So, you know what? The first thing that I noticed, you were in the group and you were talking about some of the things you were doing. And I'm going to get to those questions in a second, some of the things that I'm curious about. But let's just get this out of the way. How much are you selling on Amazon right now? Just at the 30K plus mark. I started September 2015. So you started just before I did. So you're just over the one year mark right now then. Exactly. Exactly. I started with one product and now I've got eight products total, but... Literally, that 30K is from three products. I just added the fourth one a month ago in October. And then I just added, so that gave me four. And then I just added four literally last week or the beginning of this week. I, I literally just uploaded the, the four last products. One is suppressed. Another one was suppressed. I just got that one unsuppressed. And so I got one suppressed. So literally those last four are just now starting. I'm just in the launch process and getting all that stuff going. So I'm hoping to, um, I'm hoping that number will double, you know, relatively quickly, probably in a few months, you know what I mean? That should double. And my goal when I started the year 2016 was to get 10 products by the end of, you know, December 31st. I'm not going to hit that goal of 10. I'm going to end up with eight. So that's not too bad. I don't think, you know what I mean? I think you should always set a little bit big goals. And then if you fall short, it's still not a negative result. You know what I mean? If you can still say, Hey, that's still pretty good. Then I feel good about it. You know what I mean? You were shooting for 10 products. You didn't have an actual monetary goal. No, I knew the monetary goal would take care of itself. And my whole goal was just keep, you know, pumping out product, try to get more product, more product. Now I have a monetary goal. My next goal is I want to get to a hundred thousand a month. And then I'm probably going to look at selling the company when I get around to that mark. But 
Yeah, so that was my my goal. So I need to add two more products and see if I can get to that 100K a month with the two. If not, then I'll just keep adding another one or two products until I get there. And then really, I just want to focus on not so many products, but getting each one so that it totally dominates. It's a big headache. It's a lot of work when you're doing your own supplements. You know what I mean? So is that what you focus on? Is it supplements only? Right now, it's supplements only. I do have a second Amazon account that I just got a couple months ago. I have about, I don't know, maybe 25 books listed for sale on it. I haven't done anything with it yet. I'm waiting until 2017, and then I'm going to start doing something with that one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm just doing the supplements. Okay, cool. Are the supplements for animals or for humans? No, for humans, yeah. Okay, I always ask. Well, one of the products, people do use it for animals. Okay. I got an email. This lady says she was using it on her, um, those, uh, not a llama. It's, it's something else uh, that looks like a llama. I forget what it's called, but. Okay. A camel, a llama. I don't know. Well, how much of the $30,000 that you're generating per month? What are you netting essentially after all your expenses? I take home. I just figured this out a little bit ago. I, I was pretty sure what it was, but I wanted to kind of like just do the numbers to make sure I I was correct. But I take home like 70 cents of every dollar that Amazon gives me. That they give you. So for out of that 30 G, out of the 30 grand, how much is Amazon actually putting into your bank account after advertising and returns and everything else that you deal with? Last month it was for October, it was 19,000, I think 19,147 or something like that. Hold on. I got, I got that number right here and some is that what they deposited or is that after subtracting out all your expenses, manufacturing and all that stuff? No, no, no. That's what they deposited. Okay. So how much of that 19 would you say is? 19,148 is what they deposited. Uh-huh. And then I had 47,10 in cost. So let's say five grand in cost. Okay. So about 15 roughly? Exactly. Okay. Do you get a lot of refunds or returns in the supplement niche? Yes, I do. You do? Like what kind of percentage would you say? I'd have to look that up, but I probably get one or two a day, I think. One or two out of how many sales would you say? One product. My number one product does like 1200 a month. So I would say that's probably... 40 a day, roughly? Oh, well, here's my number right here. So for October, for that, that same pay period we're talking, I sold a total of 1,754 units. Okay. And I'm probably getting, just looking at my email, I would say at least one or two refunds a day. All right. I'm just trying to get all the data here together. I like looking at the data and talking about it. I have a lot of questions about the supplement industry because I actually, you know, I was in the supplement industry back in the day before I got into Amazon and it was very lucrative, right? Your costs are very low typically. Uh huh. Yeah. Very high markups. Yeah. You can charge whatever you want. If you've got something that's proprietary, you can charge $60 for a bottle that costs you $2. So in your case, are you actually creating the products that you're doing? I mean, are these your formulations or are you buying stuff that's ready to go? I'll tell you how I, I started. I've always had like a passion for natural healing for like, if I have some kind of a problem, the, you know, a lot of people, well, the first thing they want to do is go to the doctor and have the doctor prescribe them, uh, you know, whatever prescription that's going to get rid of the problem. I'm the opposite. I start doing research and I figure out what's the natural remedy to get rid of, you know, X, Y, Z problem. So because that's always kind of been like my hobby is, you know, natural healing or, or stuff like that. That's why when I was looking to get into Amazon, that's how I decided to get into supplements. So then the natural thing is there's, you know, hundreds of private label 
companies. But the problem is when you do private label, everything is the same. If you looked in, you know, Garcinia, Cambogia, you know, if you type that into Amazon, you're going to see like, you know, 90% of the bottles are all white. They've all got a white cap on them and they've all got basically the same you know, label with maybe a different logo or whatever. And I knew that you have to differentiate on Amazon, obviously. So I said, you know what, I got to do my own thing. I don't want to give this a private label company the extra markup and I want to be able to differentiate my product. So I decided on, did a bunch of research, decided on my first product, picked it out. And then I found it. This particular product comes from the rainforest in uh, South America. And I imported the product. I, it just so happened that when I started Amazon, I also started dating my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, obviously. And I says, yeah, I got to find a packaging company. I need to find some bottles for my product. And she goes, oh, you should talk to Rosie. She's my friend. She owns a packaging company. And I just thought, oh, you know, this is probably someone that's got, you know, a really small, you know, little warehouse with, you know, 20 different bottle types, right? Probably not going to have what I'm looking for. Well, it turns out that this lady is like the biggest, owns the biggest packaging company in America. It's huge. The name of it is uh, American Container. Lucky find. Yeah, they've got like, we're talking football field size, humongous warehouses in like five different states. I mean, it's incredibly huge. And their headquarters is here in Miami. So she took me to her and I found exactly what I wanted. I wanted, so I, I went with a colored bottle. All my bottles have a custom colored cap with them. And I, I found a graphic designer to make me a, a nice label. And so, you know, everything with Amazon, you know, not everything, but a big deal is, of course, is presentation. So all my products, I, I kind of like emulated that company you're familiar with now. Yes. Now, okay. So and there's other big ones like Natural, uh, whatever. There's, there's a million companies. But the point I'm trying to make is that like every label is the same, right? The only thing that really changes is the name and obviously the ingredients and the instructions, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you look at, you know, five different now products, all the bottles and everything looks the same. Everything is uniform, right? Right. So that's what I went for. I, I went for, you know, very clean you know, uniform, nice look. And I did that, that first product and it started doing, you know, five a day, then 10 then 20. And then I added another one and then the third one. And it just kind of went from there. And that's, that's where I'm at. So the first product that you actually launched with, is that your best seller? Yes, that is my best seller. Your gut feeling, you knew it was something cool, you went with it, and it actually took off. Exactly. I lucked out, and I'm trying to, you know, of course, you're always trying to repeat that with all your products. You know, if every product sold 40 you know, a day, that mm-hmm. would be, like, awesome, right? If you rounded up that price point, you don't have to tell us the exact price point, but if you rounded it up, you know, to the nearest dollar or two, how much does it sell for? Yeah, like 20 bucks. 20 bucks. And then what's your actual cost on it? $2. $2. Wow. That's with everything, with the bottle, the cap the product, the label, the shipping, the product cost, the shipping here from South America, the, the uh, cardboard box, the shipping to Amazon, everything. Let me tell you another little secret. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't told you a secret yet, but let me tell you. <laughs> tell me. Uh, I used to dread when I picked up my bottles, I'd pick up, you know, like 1600 bottles at the beginning. Wasn't that many, right? Mm-hmm. 
and I'd come home and I'd have to repack because th- this particular product is in glass, glass bottles. And I would have to pack these things. And let me tell you, I'd come home from work. I go to jujitsu. I come back from jujitsu. And then I would spend another three hours packing boxes. But it was such a slow and arduous process because I had it was glass. I was putting bubble wrap and I was cutting cardboard boxes to make these dividers to put them in between the bottles so they wouldn't rub and break. And so every time I ordered product on this particular first product, it was I always dreaded packing it up and sending it to Amazon because it was always a nightmare. So what I did was I found a custom box manufacturer here in Miami. I went to her. I brought my product. I says, I need a box that I can ship this in. And I'm looking for these inserts, right? You know what I'm talking about? Those little flimsy cardboard inserts. Uh-huh. So she goes, oh, my God, I just got a client that sells, you know, basically it's the same bottle and you can piggyback off his order. I said, let me see it. She took me into the design area, showed me the box and she put this insert in it and it has, you know, 10 across, 10 down. So each box holds 100 bottles and it was perfect. I don't have to do bubble wrap. This insert just pops right in. I just open it up. Boom, 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 throw 100 bottles in, close it, tape it, label it, boom, it's done. And when I got those custom boxes, I, what, what used to take me four days to, to pack up and send to Amazon would take me, you know, a few hours now. And I, I can't even explain to you how awesome of a headache that was to get rid of. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah, nice find. I'm telling you, you got to look into custom boxes if you're not using them because it makes your shipping, that whole process, so much faster. So much faster, less headache. So do you have everything shipped from South America directly to you then still? Or are you now going to a facility that puts it all together? Okay, yeah, let me finish that story real quick. Okay, so I take that product comes from South America. I got other products that come from South America, some product that comes from India, some from Mexico, China, one product that comes from Russia, but I get it from a Chinese herb company. So anyways, so the first product is what I call a single herb, right? It was just one product in that product. You know what I'm talking about? Like vitamin C, right? It's just vitamin C tablet, right? For example, my second product was the same thing, single product. My third product I found out from my mom. The problem with single products is anyone can copy you, right? If someone's selling vitamin C, anyone else can buy vitamin C, put it in their own bottle and compete with you. And it's a price fall to the bottom, right? So one day my mom emails me and says, hey, Peter, I'm looking for something with that I can take for my XYZ. And the one I'm taking has soy in it. And my doctor said, I can't take soy. And of course, she called me because I'm like, you know, you know, Dr. Frankenstein with the herbals, right? So I get on Amazon, I do a search, and I see that Amazon itself has its own private label supplement company, and they're the number one seller of this product, XYZ, let's call it, right? And it had soy in it. So I found out through just doing research who Amazon was buying that product from, this other company, right? And By doing the research, I could see that the soy was just a filler product. It didn't do anything in regards to the actual treatment that it was for. So what I did was I looked at reviews and other people were complaining about soy. So I said, that's it. This is my next product. I'm going to go after this. And so the way to differentiate myself is I made the 
the product using the, the main ingredient, but I got a really strong ratio and then I left out the soy. So then my marketing, my, my hook was soy free, right? And now that product is always in the top uh, one, two or three, depending on which keyword you type on. And I'm ahead of Amazon on many of those searches, right? Uh-huh. So that's what I was talking about by, by being different. But then, so now that was my first three products, right? Basically single products. So I needed to, you know, like up my game, so to speak. So I needed to get into formulas. What I did was I decided on my next two products. And what I did was I researched, let's use arthritis as an example. I don't have an arthritis product, so that's a good one to use. So what I did was I read every uh, website and blog posts and I bought a couple books and I researched the crap out of arthritis, right? So what I was looking for is what are the best natural herbal treatments for arthritis? And like if you just off the top of my head, like turmeric is a big one for arthritis. And another one from South America would be cat's claw, right? So what I did was I took five of the very best herbal supplement plant products for arthritis. And then I saw how much they were suggesting that you take of each of those, each plant, right? For the symptom, like maybe turmeric, you're supposed to do 400 milligrams a day, right? And cat's claw might be, you know, 500 milligrams a day. Uh-huh. So the way I made my formula was I took those, the five best products I could find. I ordered them from the different countries. And then I got with my, my contract filler in Miami and I told her what I wanted to do. And she said, okay, you're going to need, so I broke it up like, okay, like 200, I'm going to do in my capsule is 800 milligrams. So I'm going to do 200 milligrams turmeric. I'm going to do 200 milligrams of cat's claw. I'm going to do 300 milligrams of, you know, another, the other herb I found. And I'm going to do a hundred milligrams of this other herb from, you know, Russia. And I'm going to do another, you know, 150 milligrams from this herb from China. And that's how I made my formula really literally. I made it up by doing research, right? Because this is herbal products. It's not, obviously, it's not regulated by the FDA. And anyone with half a brain can do this. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not hard. So that's how I came up with my next two products. Now, so then what I did was in order to create the other three products, because remember, I just added five products in the, la- in the last month, right? So the other three products, so I had two formulas that I did, one for men, for a condition for men and another for a condition for women. And each formula was a little bit different in different herbs, right? So then I took some of those, let's say turmeric, for example, right? We're using that as an example as as one of the products in the formula. Then I made a product that was just turmeric. And then I did another product that was just, you know, cat's claw, for example. And then that's how I came up with those are the products. Now, another product that I have, I noticed when I was doing my research on this other product that it was a single product. And I was like, man, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I want to stay away from these single products because it's, they're too easy to copy. Right. I want to stick with formulas from now on when I, when I add another product. But so when I was doing my research on this product, a whole separate one, another product, this one was my fourth product. I noticed that every website 
said that it was this particular product herb was hard to digest. And in order to get the full effects of this herb, you needed to take another herb that counteracted the agents that were making this a hard to digest herbal plant. So some kind of digestive enzyme? Exactly. So what I did was I bought that that herb for the main for my main product. And then I made that one like, I don't know, 500, 600 milligrams, whatever. And then I added 100 milligrams of the other product that makes it digest better to give you the full effect of the, the original herb, right? So now I'm selling that product. And instead of the hook on the other, remember the hook on the other product was this one's soy free, right? So now my hook was, hey, if you're going to take product XYZ, you know that it's hard to digest and you're supposed to take another product like, uh, you know, ABC in order to get the full effects of XYZ. Right. Smart. So I combined that product with my main herb. And then that was my hook on that product was, hey, ours, you'll get better effects from our product XYZ because we added 100 milligrams of product ABC. Right. Okay. So. That's what I mean by different differentiating and try to be different, not only with your packaging, making it, you know, a different type of bottle or whatever. But, you know, you got to try to find that that hook to make you a little bit different. And that's your marketing hook as well. So that's kind of like how I how I've been doing the, the supplement business. And that's how I market it, so to speak. Nice. And that makes sense, right? Because you're adding an ingredient that probably costs you no more than your main ingredient, sometimes less, you can now claim a benefit, right? Like better absorption or 300% better absorption, whatever the science says, right? Exactly. And then just to be clear, then you're saying you have a product that has five ingredients, let's say, Uh and then you're taking that product and saying, well, since I already have the raw ingredients, I'm just going to make individual products with just one ingredient for each of those, right? Exactly. From one product, you can now make four or five other products without having to change anything other than the bottle. Okay. Exactly. Now, now the differentiation on those single products that I made, those two formulas with the five products each, is that every time I buy, one of the things in the supplement market is you either get a really good supplement or you get really junk supplement because people will use the, the, you know, in, in herbal supplements, there's a thing called ratios, which means it's just a way of saying one formula is stronger than another, right? So I always get the very strongest ratio of that herb that I can find. And then I use that as my hook. So on this one product, for example, I would I always read the remark the reviews on products because you want to find out what people are bitching about, right? So one of the products, this guy, uh, several questions were like, "Hey, how many, uh, how much percent of whatever does this contain?" And someone would answer and go, "Oh, it's it's only two percent," and they're like, "Oh man, that's garbage." Right. So then as I was educating myself on this product, I saw that everyone was just selling this really generic version of this herb. But the hardcore, you know, my customer is is like the hardcore organic. They know their supplements and they want the best, the best ones. They're not they're not just trying to, to get the cheapest one. So those people are out there and they were, they're very educated, obviously. And they were, so they're asking what was the ratio? So when I got that herb, I bought the highest ratio 
which was more than all the other sellers on Amazon. So that was my hook. So even though it was a singular product and anyone can go out and buy that product, unless they get one that's got my my same percentage ratio of, of the active ingredient, they're going to have an inferior product. Do you have to compete on pricing when you do that still? I do. Well, that's in regards to launching a product. I meant like, for example, let's say your ratio is higher. You've got a more potent product than everybody else and they're selling their products for $20. Do you still have to come in at around $20 or can you charge a premium for that and still get the sales? I usually keep it right around 20 just because I want to keep turning product, you know, because now with the new storage fees, Amazon's char- charging you more if you don't keep turning product. Mm-hmm. So I, I purposely try to buy product that lasts 90 days. And then in 90 days, I, I got to send in replenishments Okay. or even 120 if I can get away with that. But yeah, that's what I'm doing. How did you find Amazon supplier? You mentioned that earlier. I'm curious. You said they were selling a number one product. Because what happens is people will be dumb enough to use the trademark term of the supplier, right? So there are people out there, you know, uh, herbal, you know, really large herbal supplement companies, just like pharmaceutical companies, and they'll make a product and they'll say, hey, this is where where the we do an exclusive proprietary extraction process. Right. So our version of this herb is so much better than everyone else. And the name of our herb is, you know, Jack and Jill and it's trademarked. So then Amazon was buying their product from this company that was, uh, that's a stupid name of an example, uh, but let's, let's just keep with it. I know what you mean though, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they had on the, on, their bo- on the back of their packaging, Jack and Jill brand name. I thought, well, how stupid is that? So then I just simply go on the internet and look up Jack and Jill find out that the parent company that owns this trademark is uh, Scooby-Doo Herbal Supplements. And so I asked them, hey, how much is it for your, you know, 50 kilos of your product? And they give me this crazy price. I go, oh my God, that's, that's nonsense. So then I find another supplier that's got their own, you know, awesome extraction process and I get the highest ratio that I can buy. And that's how I how I got that product. That was the one without the the soy in it. Okay. You get your products. Do you get any of the ingredients from the USA or are they all imported? No, I I import every single one of them. Everything. So you import everything outside the US? There are people that sell the herbs in the USA, but they're just doing what I could, what I could do, which is import the product myself. Right. So everybody's getting it overseas and then you bottle it here. You just have somebody mix it. Exactly. I get it sent. Uh, usually it's by air cargo. And then I have a customs broker here, uh, Rolando. He, he clears all my shipments. And then I go pick it up when he emails me the, the release uh, for the paperwork. I go to the Miami airport. I don't live that far away. I pick it up and then I take the stuff. I drop it off. I got two different fillers depending on whether it's a capsule or a liquid product. And I drop it off and then I go to the American container and they know exactly what my bottles are because, you know, I keep on reordering that stuff. I pick up my bottles and my caps and then I drop those off at the guy and then I call up my label lady and say, hey, I need 5,000 labels of this product. And then she makes them up and then she she her guy delivers them to the the co-packer, the contract filler. 
And then he puts it all together and then he calls me in, you know, 10 days, a week or so, whatever, when it's done. And then I pick it up, I bring it home, I package it and then boom, off to Amazon it goes. And you do FBA only, right? You let them handle everything? Only FBA. Yeah. So I think it's important to mention to everybody as well. This is not your full-time gig, right? You actually have a full-time job. I have a full-time job, dude. I'm the director of pay-per-click and SEM for a, a large online marketing agency. We do 95% dentist. And obviously I'm, I'm making more money than I do at my job, but I haven't quit yet because a couple things. A, I'm just living off my, uh, my income from my job. I put all my money from the business back into it. I run on a, a cash basis. So I don't, I did get a, a, a small loan from Amazon, but I don't need it. You know what I mean? When did you get that loan, by the way? Was that at the one year mark? At the one year mark, I said, you know what? I'm just going to get this loan because I'm just going to build up my credit with Amazon. So that way, if I ever did need something, then they know that I'm, I'm a good uh, seller or whatever. How much was that loan for? It was only eight grand. I wanted actually, I got approved for a lot more, but I hit the wrong button. And I hit the 8,000 instead of the, I was going to take 16. <laughs> and so they sent me, they deposited the eight grand. And then I, they, they just took out the, that first payment on this last Amazon deposit. And it was like 1600 bucks. And I was like, holy crap, man. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pay this thing all back in like after I make a couple payments. Cause I, I don't, I don't need it. I don't, I don't use it. So I pay cash for everything. And I just prefer to run that way because it's not like I'm ordering, you know, a container of something, you know, a container of coffee makers from China, you know, where it might take that might be, you know, 20 grand at a pop. You know, what I mean, no, man, I'm ordering herbal supplements. So it's, you know, two grand here, three grand here, fifteen hundred here. You know, it's not that big of a deal. So I, I don't need a loan. I just run everything on a cash basis. Right. How much did you start with, Peter, when you first got into Amazon? My very first product, everything was like $6,000. I remember all my friends and family thought I was crazy, but uh, I knew because what happened was in 2014, I got divorced. I went through an ugly divorce and I used to have my own agency, my own uh, pay-per-click agency. And I just shut everything down. Like I I had uh, affiliate sites that I was doing the eBay program eBay affiliate program. And I, I, you know, I still have two products up on ClickBank info products. I just shut everything down except for the ClickBank ones. And then I got this job. Right. And so I wanted to get self-employed again. And so I decided, well, I'm going to start my own pay-per-click agency. And then when it gets going, I'll just quit my job, but I wasn't going to do dentists. I was going to do roof commercial roofers, roofers. Right. Because that's what I know, you know, I've been doing AdWords for so many years, it's like I can do it in my sleep. But then my other internet marketing friends, some of them had started Amazon. And so I started listening to Amazon podcasts, right? And then I start hearing these stories of these guys who know nothing about online marketing. They don't know anything about SEO, pay-per-click, social media marketing, and they're making 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 grand a month on Amazon. I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, Holy micro, if this guy who was working at a toy store and then he started selling his own toys and he's making 50 grand a month and I've been doing online marketing since 2004, I should be able to crush it, right? So I said, forget that pay-per-click crap. I'm going to start Amazon. 
And that's when I started doing the research. And that's how I started, you know, that's how I ended up on my first product. And then, uh, yeah, the, the sponsored ads came pretty naturally to me. The SEO, of course, is, was natural, too, because I've been doing it for so long. It's just a matter of taking those skills and putting them. So, you know, I had a good advantage being from the Internet marketing world. You know, I feel bad for the people that don't know anything about online marketing, you know, in regards to like, you know, how basic SEO works and pay-per-click and then they're trying to do this because it's, it's a lot rougher. It's a, it's a lot harder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into that because that's your expertise with the pay-per-click and some of the SEO stuff. And actually you had mentioned to me before we even started the podcast that you have a crazy conversion rate, right? Well, you're over 30%. You're what? 36%? Yes. Yeah. It's always been like that. Yeah, 36. And just so everybody understands how crazy high that is, generally speaking, most people are going to be somewhere between you know 12 to 15%. Some people are higher. And I've got some products that are even lower than that. So 36% is nuts. So what do you attribute to 36% conversion rates? Um, a couple things. There's a guy named Ken in California, upgradedimages.com. I don't know him. I never met him. I only communicate him through email, but he does all my photography. So when I get a, a new product from my filler. I take three bottles, I send them to Ken, and he does five shots, a front shot, a, a side shot, at the other side shot, and then a couple shots, right? So they're all 1,500 pixels, right? So that obviously when you, when you scroll over with your mouse, they blow up and everyone can see the ingredients real clear, yada, yada. So I always get professional images, 1500 megapixel, and I put those in. And then I'll usually go to Dreamtime, which is like a stock photography shop, and I'll get like a photo of an, uh, like an action photo. Like, for example, if it was uh, an arthritis product, I would get a picture of a, an older guy, maybe 65 years old, riding a bicycle and, and you know, with a focus kind of like on his hands gripping the steering wheel real tight because he doesn't have to worry about arthritis anymore. Right. You know, uh, so I always do like a photo of like the finished result of what that product does. Right. And then with my uh, I've always been, you know, pretty decent copywriter and I always try to tell a story. So instead of just stating, you know, a lot of people state just facts like this is a stainless steel garlic press. It's lightweight. It'll fit in your kitchen drawer and um, you should buy it. And, you know, that that's it. They don't, you know, but what I try to do is create a story. You know, what does this product going to do? What are the, you know, what does each herb do? And, you know, some of the products I carry are like my very first product was a symptom that I suffered from. So that's how I was very, very familiar with that problem. So I could tell my own story, right? And so really, uh, it's just a matter of having good images and doing, doing good copy. I don't, I, I'm very white hat in Amazon. The only thing I do that's even remotely edgy is I'll use a, a little bit of HTML in my description to, I shorten my sentences so they don't run the entire all the way across the, the screen because it's, it's very long. So I shorten it so that's like a normal paragraph on a paperback book width. And then every couple sentences I do, a, I put in that, uh, that HTML mark to make a paragraph. And that's it. And I might, I might bold one word 
So it sounds like the main reason you're converting so well is your images just convey a story and you have really, really good images because you're using a professional photography studio. Is that pretty much it? The main thing? Well, that and I think when I set up my pay-per-click, I'm only doing and using keywords that are directly related to my product. Like, I think that's one of the mistakes a lot of people make. Um, and I know because I've seen it because uh, sometimes I do consulting for people and I'll go into their back end and they'll be selling, uh, say they're selling um, uh, something for women, like uh, a, a women's multivitamin, right? So they'll have the keyword women's multivitamin, right? But they'll also be bidding on keywords multivitamin, men's multivitamin, multivitamin for kids. And I'm like, dude, I don't get it. Your product is specifically for women. Why would you have these other keywords in here? And I, whoa, I don't know. You know what I mean? So I'm, I, you know, I just use keywords that are specifically related to my product. I don't, I don't understand how these guys, when they say I've got 5,000 keywords in my backend, how they even get 5,000 characters in their back end. I've never been able to do it. How many do you use, Peter? How many you put back there? If you were to take a guess on the average amount. The average would be 2000 characters. I've got two products that have, that fill up the four lines, which means 4,000 characters or less, right? Only two products have 4,000 characters or less. The rest of them are about 2000 characters. I don't know if you're aware of this, but yeah, we've done a lot of testing on this. And in most categories, 2,000 characters is about the limit of what Amazon indexes anyways. Anything more than that, it's wasted space. So it's funny you mentioned Ken over at Upgraded Images. I've talked to Ken over there. You and I have never talked about this. So today's the actual first day you and I have actually spoken you know, together on voice call. But yeah, upgradedimages.com, guys. If you guys want to check it out, they do awesome work. We actually have a deal with them. I don't make one cent off of this. If you guys want to check them out, contact them. It's upgradedimages.com and they'll do great photos. I believe they charge $25 for high resolution, $30 for like very high resolution. The difference, I think one is 1200 by 1200, the other one's 1500 by 1500. And if you mention to them that you're an AMPM listener or subscriber, they'll give you the bulk pricing on it. Even if you only buy one photo, they'll give you the bulk one and they'll automatically upgrade you to the ultra high resolution. So there you go, guys. Peter mentioned it. I don't think I've ever mentioned upgraded images on a podcast. It was something I had set up and never pushed, but there you go. <laughs> I didn't know that you knew him. Does he do your, he does your photography too? We have a lot of photography companies that, you know, that approach us because they know we have a lot of reach with the podcast and our group. So there's only certain ones that we can reach out to. I have not actually used Ken's service, which is why I haven't never promoted it. But since you said you're loving them and stuff, I figured I'd throw it out there because we do have that set up. Actually, it's funny. I'm actually going to be sending some product to them to actually use their service. And if I love it, then I'm going to put them on our tools section as a recommended supplier. Yeah, I don't even know how I found him. I probably found him back when I was uh, involved with um, Scott's group, you know, his group. I don't hang out in the groups that much anymore just because I'm so busy. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I do. But uh, at the beginning, when I didn't, uh, when I had questions, you know, Scott Volker's group was like the only one out there, right, a little over a year ago. Now there's like a lot of groups, but he was like, when one of the very first podcast and that was only doing Amazon only. And, you know, so a lot of people get started with him and he does a great job with the, with the, the, the newbie sellers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. So I have a couple more questions here for you, though. In terms of your launch strategy, now that you just come out with some new products and Amazon has changed their terms of service in terms of what you can do for reviews, what's your process for that now? Okay. So here's something interesting. I, I just literally found this out uh, like last night or the night before. Um, I like my fourth product came out right when they did this whole, you know, you can't do the paid review thing. Right. So what I did was I was just like, Oh crap. So I just, with zero reviews, just uploading the product, finishing the product page, I just turned on sponsored ads. So now it's been a month and that product's been live, uh, about six weeks at the, uh, what's today? The 18th. Yeah. It's been live six weeks at the most. So anyways, and the other thing with the negative thing about supplements is unlike, you know, if you were selling a coffee machine, you could sell, you could set up your autoresponder. I use, uh, I use sales backer. You could set up your autoresponder to send an email in seven days and, and say, Hey man, how do you love your coffee maker? You know, could you send us or leave us a review here in supplements? You can't do that because supplements take four to six weeks to take effect. So what I do is I send one email after they get it and it doesn't ask for a review. What I'm doing is I'm giving them tips on how to even get better results, right? So it's a very educational and they like that email because I'm giving them extra tips and advice on how to get rid of that condition, whatever condition they bought the one of my products for. And then I always say at the bottom, hey, I'm going to, you know, uh, check back with you in about four weeks just to make sure there weren't any problems and see how you like the product, how it worked for you. So then in after 30 days, I send that second email, you know, saying, hey, you know, how you doing? How did the product work? I'm excited to hear the results. You know, you can leave a review here, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I always have to wait like a minimum of 30 days before I can even, before I even see any reviews, right? When I launch a product just with pay-per-click I'm talking about, right? So anyways, this product's only six weeks old. I got three reviews, all only, you know, from the people who bought it from the pay-per-click and, you know, organic. And I, when I was looking at the, the product, I was kind of doing some keywords to see where I was ranking. And I noticed that I, 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 Amazon has this new thing called um, the Amazon best deal. You know what I'm talking about? No. Amazon best deal. Is this through AMS or through sponsored ads? No, no, no. This is, it's called top rated and lowest price. So you know how they got Amazon's choice, right? Right. Okay. My very first product, the bestseller, that is an Amazon choice award winner, right? For your main keyword? I don't think it changes for different keywords, does it? I thought it did. Oh, maybe it does. But I dump in that particular niche, I dominate in like almost every keyword you could imagine. But I mean, that product's a little over a year old. But anyway, so that one has the Amazon's Choice label. And then this other one, then when I'm telling you that only has three reviews, I see this new thing on the very top of the page above the sponsored ads that said, uh, uh, on the on the left was like Amazon Amazon bestseller, and then to the right of that it said top rated and lowest price. And my product with the three reviews was that one. 
Huh. And literally, I just saw this like last night or the night before. I'm like, oh my God, what's this new thing? This is crazy. And I thought, wow, I only have three reviews and it's top rated and lowest price. And I think that that's what makes me, I've always been a big believer that the biggest things in getting ranking organically in Amazon is sales volume and conversion. Because how do you explain a product being top rated and it's only got three reviews? So my point is, I think, I think we put too much of an emphasis on reviews. Yes, if you have, you know, 10 reviews, it's going to, it looks better and may help conversion than if you have no, none, obviously. And if you have 50 reviews and 100 reviews. Did you launch with zero reviews on your, start your pay-per-click with zero reviews or did you have one review? Exactly. No, zero reviews. That product, that was the fourth product and that, that's when Amazon came off with their whole review switch. And so I couldn't use, normally I was using, I love to review. Do you know those guys? Yes. Uh-huh. I know them all. Yeah. So those are the guys I use. They're the most expensive, but I, I also, I was getting the uh, higher quality reviewers when I switched to them. So anyways, I couldn't use the, I couldn't use any of those review ones. I didn't know what to do. And I, and I was in a hurry cause I was also busy with these other, uh, four products I was like, screw it. Uh, I'm just going to turn on pay-per-click and uh, deal with these other things. And then, boom, it started going. And that's how I got those three reviews was from the, strictly from the pay-per-click. Nice. Do you have any of the symptoms that a lot of other people have talked about in the supplement industry where you just have a lot of negative play from other sellers? Oh, God, dude. Yeah, you get a lot of that. Supplements is the cockroach of, it's the used car, buy here, pay here, division of Amazon selling, you know, I mean, the lowest, uh, the lowest of the low dude, I had a review. This guy leaves a review and says, this product is a joke. It doesn't work. I bought it at the store and it's a, just a bunch of crap. And I thought, Hmm, that's strange. I don't sell my product in a store. Uh, it's only sold on Amazon. So then I did a Google search and my other, I'm in the top three ranking, right? For all my keywords on this particular product. And so the other two guys that are in the top three with me, he put the exact same review on their pages. So I get on email to uh, seller support and go, yo man, you want to re- uh, get rid of this review? It's ridiculous. Not only do I not sell my product in any store, so I know this guy is a flat out lying, but he also wrote the exact same review on these two, my competitors. And so I got to check, but I think they took it off because I didn't see it the other day. But because uh, what happens when you do that, they go, they always send you the email. Oh, this isn't my department, but I forward it to the department that does the reviews. And of course, they never tell you if they take something. They never tell you the result of the investigation. Like, oh, yeah, this was fake. We removed it. You know what I mean? They'll just remove it or they won't remove it. But they never tell you, which is another one of the things I, I, I hate about Amazon. But yeah, they never tell you anything. Have you had any safety issues come up that block your product where they just remove your product? Yeah. As a matter of fact, a few months ago, my number one product, uh, the one we're talking about, it was suppressed. And they sent me an email and said, hey, this is suppressed uh, for safety issues. I'm like, what? And this thing was making, you know, it makes me a lot of money. This, this one 
my, my very first product. Right. So yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm losing, you know, a lot of money. I, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta find out what happened. So I was reading your group and you had just like went through the exact same thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. It was one of my best products. Yeah. Yeah. And you uh, had mentioned Cynthia Stein and I had heard her name a couple other times. So I knew this lady must have a good reputation because, uh, you know, I've seen her uh, recommended several times before. So I immediately uh, went to her website, contacted her. It was 500 bucks. I was like, oh, crap, that's a lot of money. But you know what? I'm losing 500 bucks a day just not even having this freaking thing suppressed, man. So I immediately whipped out the credit card, paid the 500 bucks, said, this is it. Here's the letter. Copy and paste. Get it done. And, sh- and then I got assigned to a guy. I, f- I forget his name. Uh, Rodney, I think. Maybe I can't remember. But anyways, within, I think, uh, 72 hours, uh, I was back up. And let me tell you something. That's the best 500 bucks I ever spent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there you go. Good endorsement then. Yeah. And people, I think you remember the thread when I said, hey, you know, I hired Cynthia and guys are like, oh, you spent 500 bucks. Why didn't you do it yourself? Well, because moron, I'm losing $500 a day. And have I ever done this before? No. So like, you know, I'm not going to pull my own tooth when I need a root canal. I'm going to go have a dentist look at my tooth. And that's the way I look at, you know, Cynthia Stein service. You know, you can dick around and try to do it yourself and save yourself 500 bucks. And it's going to take two weeks if you're successful. In the meantime, you're losing hundreds of dollars every day. You know, that's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's it's just beyond ridiculous. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the mindset of a lot of people, though, even though there are services and tools, right, whether it's research tools or whatever it is that can save you tons and tons of time. A lot of people are like, I don't want to spend the money to do that, but they don't factor in how long it takes you to do it yourself. I think that is kind of what separated me from a lot of people when I started is try to outsource as much as possible so that my efforts can be focused on what I'm good at, right, whether it's marketing or whatever it is, but it's not sitting there doing something that's a $3 an hour job, or in your case, it would be a high level job, but you have no experience in doing it. I don't do legal stuff, right? If I need, for example, my brand gating stuff and my trademarks and all that, I have Susie Hickson do all my legal stuff because she's an attorney that deals with Amazon stuff. So I pay a little bit, right? But she handles it and it gets done and I don't have to stress about it. And like you said, it was 500 bucks a day that you were losing and had it take, all you needed to do essentially was just save a day or two by hiring her over what it would have taken you and you're now ahead. Yeah. And then in September, a um, couple months ago, I went to Jim Cockrum's uh, CES uh, Amazon conference and she was there and I met her and I talked to her and I actually told her my story. So that was, that was pretty cool to talk to her in person. But um, yeah, talking about that, that legal thing, I, a lot of times, if it seems relatively easy, I'll try something myself. And then if I fail, then I'll, I'll hire a professional. So like the trademark, for example, I went, I'm already a brand uh, registered a long time ago, right? So I went to the trademark, you know, as USPTO.gov, whatever it is, and I did register my trademark. And then the attorney, she finally gets it. And then she starts asking me these questions like, uh, you know, all these questions. And then I was like, oh, crap. Okay, this isn't going to work. It's over my head. I'm not a lawyer. So then I immediately, uh, you know, 
uh, hired a trademark attorney and now it's going public, I think, uh, oh, it should be right now. And then I think it's got to be public for 30 days. And if no one tries to uh, dispute it or whatever, then I'll, I'll, I'll have, it should be awarded to me in probably uh, February or uh, January. So, you know, that's another thing where, yeah, I should have never even tried to do it myself. I should have just went straight to the attorney and uh, trademark attorney and paid him the I can't mean I can't even remember what I paid him. I think it was I don't know four hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's time versus money, essentially. Yeah, I don't have time to dick around with that stuff, man. Yeah, you got a full time job and you're doing this outside of that. Oh, you asked me about product launches now after the review. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, I just got these products going. So now what I'm doing is I'm getting uh, display ads made. And I like doing Google Display. And then I also, we were talking a little bit uh, before the, the before we started recording, I'm going to get uh, a video made, one or two videos made so that I can do YouTube advertising. And then I think I'm going to hit up Thomason and get blog reviewers to actually uh, review the products and kind of just go offline crazy with the advertising google adwords uh, google display and do it that way and along along with getting some bloggers to do it review it as well as youtube influencers brian brian's got a uh, a new product out that does the youtube automates the youtube influencer yeah yeah uh, overgrowth yeah overgrowth yeah, I haven't checked that out yet, so I definitely want to look into that. I haven't either, so I got I got to check that out. But so, what about insurance? I mean, you're dealing with stuff that people are putting in their bodies. Do you have something special for that? No, but you mentioned that. And I was just talking about this with a buddy of mine. Someone did a podcast with a guy that specializes in. He does the Amazon guys. I think it was. I think it was the guy from Sellercast that owns Salesbacker, or maybe. Was it you or was it him? Had an insurance guy that does the product liabilities. Oh, no, you know who that probably was? I remember there might have been other people, but I know that Kevin Reiser did one. Oh, maybe it was Kevin Reiser. Yeah. A few months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had his guy on. Yeah, I need to go in and because now that I'm at a level that I can afford it Mm -hmm. uh, and because, you know, America is so happy, I do need to contact that guy next week and... uh, and get a quote for sure. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna look. I'm glad you told remind me it was Kevin Reiser and not the other one. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna contact that guy, and I am gonna get product liability insurance. I didn't want to do it before because you're not when you're not making enough sales, it's not worth it. But but I always said when I get to a certain level, I gotta get that. You know what I mean? Because it only takes one customer that can just ruin your whole. Yeah, take you down for sure. Yeah, I know we've been at this for a little while and I've got like 30 things that I want to talk to you about and we're not going to get through them. So I'm going to just pick a couple and then maybe we can have you come back and talk about some more stuff. But Google display ads, you did mention that. Tell me more about that because I don't think hardly anybody is doing that. And I imagine that, I mean, you're pretty good at that. You've been doing Google display ads for a while. Yeah, they they used to, they banned supplements for a while and then it's like they a while back they said okay we're gonna let those go again but as usual the problem is uh when i was doing it before i was using a land landing page and just uh if anyone someone will probably ask who do i use for a landing page i use uh wp it's a 
it's like 67 bucks one-time fee and it's a very uh easy to learn click drag and drop landing landing page builder right so i would i would make a landing page which is really just a copy of my product description but it's just expanded you know because i'm not limited on character count and then i had a coupon on there and i would just say hey copy this coupon click here direct to amazon and you know get 80 percent off or whatever it was at the time so i was i was able to track the sales from the coupons right but now because amazon's doing this whole review thing i don't even want to use coupons and i'm and i don't want to sell my products for one dollar two dollar anymore to get you know 30 or 40 reviews so what i did was i put a kind of a higher retail price in the uh, in the back end like you know 29.97 and then uh i put my my product price at let's say you know 14.97 right so so it's like 50 percent off right so then in the display ads, it'll say, you know, say 50%, you know, exclusively on Amazon, click here, and it's gonna, I'm gonna take them directly to the Amazon page, right? Because in the beginning, conversion rate doesn't matter because you have no conversion, right? It's a brand new product. Conversion only takes, only matters a lot more heavily later on when the product is established and then you know, you need, you should, in my opinion, use a landing page and then, and then take them there. But I will say this also, I don't try to collect an email address. I haven't done that yet because I'm, I've been, I, I had certain blueprint that I've been following. So, you know, when I get to a certain stage then I'll start doing that. But, and here's another tip in regards to, uh, I just found this out today because I was talking to Google I set up one of my products and I said it, the link was directly to the, my Amazon product page for that product. And they disapproved my ads. And I'm like, yo, you know, why did you disapprove my ads? You know, this is, this is ridiculous. What's the problem? And cause they said it was for, it was a pharmaceutical product. So I'm like, this isn't a pharmaceutical product. I don't know what you're talking about. So then the rep called me today he goes, yeah, we, we, we disapproved it because it's a, uh, you, you can't, you're not allowed to sell pharmaceutical products on Google. I said, yeah, no kidding. I'm not selling a pharmaceutical product. This is a herbal supplement. What are you talking about? He goes, well, I see here that it's got uh, tribulus. I'm like, dude, that's not in my ingredients. I don't even know what you're talking about. I said, hold on a second. And so, cause I wasn't, I just got home. I wasn't, didn't have my laptop. I went to my laptop. I go to my Google AdWords. I click on the ad, just to make sure I didn't make some mistake and send it to someone else's product page. And I see it's on my product page. And what happened was, you know, those ads on the bottom of the product page, you know, the other, right. Yeah. Other people's products. Uh huh. Yeah. So what happened was Google is scanning the landing page, but it's picking up all those keywords that are in other people's products. So someone had a product advertised on the same time that the, that the algorithm went and scanned my page or whatever and picked it up as that. And then I explained to him, dude, uh, that, that's not my product. Those are advertisements. So can you get this straightened out? 
he goes, oh, yeah, let me get back to him and I'll get back to you. So I'm waiting to just waiting to hear from Google if they're going to approve it or not. But, you know, that's one of the things that is a big hassle with supplements is that, you know, you, you've got that kind of stuff to deal with. It's going to take a good 30 days to get a review because no one's going to really leave you a review after, you know, four days like they would like a toaster or, a, you know, a hammock, for example. With your advertising, when you're doing sponsored ads with no reviews, how much are you bidding on your keywords and what was your ACOS with no reviews? Oh, okay. So what I do is I set up my campaign with the three ad groups, broad, phrase, exact. These are manual campaigns you're setting. You don't deal with automatic initially? No, I never do automatic. Uh, I've done it before and it's never told me anything I didn't already know. It's just a complete waste of time. So you start fresh with just a manual campaign on new product? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, go ahead. So three ad groups in the campaign, you know, broad, phrase, exact. And then I set my exact at four bucks, my phrase at like 350 and my broad at three. Or if it's a less competitive category, exact three phrase 250 and broad match two dollars i'm trying to purposely outbid everyone because I'm, I'm collecting data so then i let it run for a few weeks i don't look at it i don't monitor how many keywords are you putting in there to start all my keywords whatever my keywords are that i found in my research okay usually not that many more than 100 no not usually that many i, w- I wouldn't say that many so then I get the data. And a lot of times when you use these keyword tools for Amazon, it might say uh, white leather golf shoe, 200,000 searches, black leather golf shoe, 125,000 searches. So you're thinking, oh yeah, man, these white leather golf shoes, they get way more searches than the black ones. But then when you do your pay-per-click, you see it's a whole different story. (laughs) Black leather golf shoes are getting 400,000 impressions and the white one is getting, you know, 125. So now you see the discrepancy. So I let it run for a few weeks, gather data, and then I rearrange my title and my bullet points according to what the data tells me. Maybe the main two top three keywords that I thought were the top three ones from whatever tool I was using, uh, it comes to find out that when you look at the data, no, the other ones are getting a lot more impressions, right? So anyways, you got to, you know, after three weeks of, of running it, you got to rearrange your, uh, your bullet points and your title a little bit so that you can, that way you can rank properly, right? So I do that. And then after I let it run for a month, then I go in and I clean it up and I lower my bids and I look at the ones that aren't converting. And if they aren't converting, then I'll lower the bid down to like, you know, two cents. If I don't want to run that keyword anymore, instead of pausing it, I just, I, I let it run, but I just, I just leave it on, but I just put it at two cents so it doesn't get any impressions. And so then I, then, you know, looking at the data again, you, you see which ones are converting, which ones aren't, which, which one's giving you really high ACOS and arrange my bids that way. That's typically how I, what I do with my, with the sponsored ads. Where do you actually cut it off? What kind of ACOS is acceptable to you? At the beginning, I don't care. For the first two months, I'm really just trying to, I'm, I'm using the sponsored ads strictly to get my organic positioning. So I'm willing to lose, I don't care if it's 100% uh, or 200%, because that first two months, I'm strictly using the Google AdWords 
to uh, Google AdWords, the Amazon sponsored ads to get my product rank organically for the keywords I want, right? Are you not putting stuff at two cents until after two months then? Exactly. I said a month, but really it's after it's after a good 60 days, sometimes even a little bit longer than 60 days. Sometimes I'll go 90 days, just outbidding everyone, big bids, just collecting data, collecting data, whatever it buys. If it's a 250 percent ACOS, I'm not going to sweat it because the first 90 days to me, I'm not trying to make money. That's not the purpose of of your launch. Your launch is to position you organically in my position, in, in my opinion, because once you get positioned organically now, after 60, 90 days, now I can go in and whittle down those bids and get rid of those super high ACOS and bid those down so that they start making more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what about your title? Are you going long tail? Are you doing really a lot of keywords in your title? You going out to 200 characters, you keeping it real short. What do you do? I don't think I have a product title that uses the full 200 characters. Okay. But you put a good amount in there? I try to get my top five keywords in my title. All right. Interesting. Well, I had a list here. You have some tax write-off stuff I wanted to talk to you about. I want to talk about capsules versus tablets. I wanted to talk about, oh, actually, let's close out with one more thing. And then maybe I'm going to have you come on a second time in the near future because we're going to have questions, I'm sure. And you've got a lot of information. But let me just ask you this. You had mentioned the very beginning that you had a few products that are suppressed at the moment. Why are they suppressed? Oh, that's a great question. What happens is on one of them, I made, Google has in supplements, uh, I don't know about the other categories because I'm not in them yet, but in supplements, they have a certain keywords like diabetes is one of them, where if you have that in your, on your ad, on your product page, they're going to automatically, they got like an auto automatic algorithm or whatever, and they automatically suppress it, right? So I forgot about that. It happened to another product where I had diabetes in there, and then I had, they suppressed it, and I, they told me what it was. I edited it, got rid of it, and it was back up in a couple of days. And then I had a brain fart, and I used diabetes again on this other product the other day. And so it got depressed, so uh, they told me about it, I got rid of it, and then it was back up. Now this other one is suppressed for the same reason. I used a different keyword that, that they don't allow. And so, but this one's taking a lot longer. And what's really, you know, we all have a love-hate relationship with Amazon. They make us a lot of money, but at the same time, they do some stupid stuff that just you know, it drives us crazy. Like when they suppress a product automatically, you won't get an email for maybe three or four days later. So unless you're really on top of your listing and paying attention and checking your inventory, you, you won't even know it's suppressed unless you see a, a low, you know, sales go down. But this was a brand new product, so it had no sales. So, but anyway, so I, I, I just keep on, you know, every day I, I open up the case and send them another email like, yo, what's taking so long? You know, all I need to do is just tell me what words you don't want and I can edit it and get rid of it and you can get it back up, you know, ASAP. But, you know, Amazon runs on their time sometimes. So it's very frustrating. But just a matter of removing those words and then you're good pretty much. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, you know, it's funny when I was at the amazing.com summit with Guillermo, the guys that we were talking to after the event, you know, we would be at the bar, we're chatting with everybody. We were at one of the cocktail parties they had where everybody was doing really well. And the guys that I met that were the biggest earners, the guys that were doing six figures, seven figures per month, 
every single one of those guys or the guys that were at the top anyways were in the supplement industry it was really interesting it was just a lot of money to be made so when you said you know you're at 30k now and you're shooting for 100k a month as your next goal i have no doubt you're going to get there man it's going to be a cakewalk for you it's going to be easy i hope so man i, I want to get there by december 31st you know not this december but uh, 2017 december 31st you know i'm a big believer in goals man you got to have goals and uh do you know who brian moran is ryan moran yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah he's got the podcast yeah, yeah. freedom fastlane mm -hmm. yeah freedom fastlane so i listen to like I'm a, kind of a podcast junkie. The only ones I listen to are Amazon related. Like I listen to yours and, and the other Amazon guys and, and, and I listen to Ryan and Ryan has a three-step process that he calls the grind. And then the second phase was um, just, I think I can't remember what he said. The second phase was like just adding product. And then the third phase was building the brand. So my goal since I started this was just to follow what he said was so like right now, my first year, my whole goal was getting 10 products by December 31st, just adding product, adding product, adding product because the money will take care of itself. You know, the beautiful thing about Amazon is the more products you add, the more you want a pay raise, add a new product. You want a pay raise, add a new product. So that that first stage was the grind, grind, grind. And then the second stage is more of a refining. So, you know, get the 10 products up, get the 12 products and then go back in and redo, look at your data, redo your SEO. Maybe you need to redo your product titles, get everything ranked even better, which is going to give you another pay raise without even adding a product. And then the third phase was building the brand. So, so that's when you start collecting the email addresses and you start doing a lot more social media stuff, you know, because I see a lot of mistakes these guys do is like they got one product, They've just launched it and they're already talking about, oh my God, I got to build up my email list and I got to build up funnels. And I'm like, dude, you got one product and you're already talking about getting emails and, and, and building funnel. Man, get like your feet wet, get more products, build up a cushion, get some money in the bank and get your income flowing. Then worry about that stuff later on. That's what I love about the podcast is that everybody's got, you know, their own strategy. And it's interesting, you know, the different marketplaces or the different categories, you know, if you're in supplements versus if you're in electronics, the strategies change a bit. But it's really interesting. I love talking to you because we could talk about this for days. It's really, really cool stuff. But let's have you back on. And Peter, man, I appreciate you coming on. This has been fantastic. And yeah, thank you for coming on the show, bud. Hey, thanks for asking me, man. I had a great time. It was awesome. And yeah, anytime I'll come back. I, lo I love your guys' group. I love your podcast. And uh, while we're just thinking, while we were doing po this podcast, we were making money, <laughs> right? That's right. That's right. How cool is that? I love it when you say that on the podcast, man. I don't <laughs> so Peter, if people want to reach out to you, they want to ask you questions, what's the best way of doing so? Probably just reach out to me on Facebook or tag me in the uh, in the group or something and I'll see it. I'll, I'll, I'll keep my eyes on the group in the, in the next couple of days when this whenever this podcast releases. Very cool. So guys, yeah, if you want to reach out to them, join our FBA High Rollers group. Okay, go to Facebook, type in FBA High Rollers. Thanks again, Peter. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider, insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.